Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Today I have a very special guest. You might know her from her very popular TikTok and Instagram videos about being an American in Germany, the wonderful Brittany Elaine. We can just we can just go from here. It's no problem. Okay. It's no problem. I'll sync it up okay. later. This uh, is actually perfect. It really matches my life. So. <laughs> yeah. Is your life kind of kind yeah. of chaotic? You think? Well, actually, it absolutely used to be. Um, and I just things just always happened like like that, and you just have to laugh and roll with it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I read uh, I read some of your. I mean, I read what you have on your website and some of your blog content, and of, of course, I've watched plenty of your videos. But yeah, I wanted to. I mean, for those who don't know, Brittany Elaine. I guess you say Elaine. That's how yeah. that's how I would say it. I don't know if the Germans say like Alaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't really say um, Elaine, but they do say Brittany. Brittany. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> Brittany and Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good now. <laughs> Good now. Um, yeah. I mean, how long have you? So you live in in Hanover. I live in a little village outside of Hanover. Okay. Um, but I do take public transport. Nice. Into the city. Into the city. Um, a couple times a week because I teach English in Hanover. How did you get English a position English. teaching there? Um, or did or did it like, like did your life leave you lead you there and then you got the job or did the job lead you there? Oh no, no no yeah the the job did not leave me here. It, I did not plan to move to Germany whatsoever. Um, so I kind of had to scramble and figure things out once I did come here and decided to stay here. Um, I was actually in the middle of traveling, just like a, on a world trip um, until. And I uh, met my husband, <laughs> now husband, during that world trip, decided to come to Germany before, you know, and fell in love with it and decided I wanted to give a, this relationship a try and Germany a try. And yeah, and I kind of had to basically I was in the middle of reinventing my life. So I didn't know anything about anything. I never taught English before. Um, my background was business management. And that's actually how I got the job because I don't just teach English. I teach business and international correspondence and, um, and I, uh, have a focus in like tourism and things like that. So that's how I, I got the job. Wait, but how did you get an English job as a businessman, as a business, uh, major? Well, because, um, like how did those things cross? You can actually do that with many jobs. And this is also another one of my specialties is like career change too, um, because I was the hiring and firing manager and I had to go through resumes and all those pro process. I worked all across the United States, opening up restaurants and things like that. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you, why don't that you was... bring that to Germany with you? Bring some wet wild wings over here. <laughs> Right? That's one thing I absolutely do miss. Um, that was just one, one of the many jobs that I had. Um, but because uh, this is like an international correspondence program, their main focus is about business. And what's really important is even though my, my background isn't in education, I actually have like hands-on experience with business. And if you think about it, a lot of teachers have 
not all, but a lot of teachers have only taught. They haven't actually ran a business or managed a business. They've only taught it out of a textbook, and which is fine. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's also good to have someone that actually has hands-on experience of with whatever career you're in. So especially if you want to switch a career, it's quite easy to just find a common denominator in it. Anyway, that's No, but that's <laughs> one of my passions. <laughs> no, that's super interesting. I mean, I mean, I guess we should we should back up a bit. Like so I, you know, I've I discovered you like like a lot of people first through TikTok uh, and then yeah. later through Instagram and uh, had seen your videos a lot. My first, you know, maybe I guess especially through, through the pandemic, I discovered a lot of people who seem to be in a similar, uh, I feel like an expat predicament in the sense that like <laughs> yeah. we're here, we're not going anywhere. We like it here, but there's so much, so much to make fun of and so much yeah. to be, you know, shocked by or, or to, to poke fun at. And yeah, I want to know. So. You know, I saw from your website you had a very different life before, you know, moving and traveling abroad. Do you want to talk about how that started, where you started to, where you put things down and sold your stuff and hit the road? I mean, yeah, I'm open to talk about anything, but I got to warn you that it's, (laughs) it's not this like lighthearted, I'm going to move to Germany and everything's (laughs) going to be great. It was actually quite, um, I had a, like a rock bottom, a really, really dark moment. Jordan, it was a dark moment in my life. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta say, and I didn't. I'm like, I like put a warning for the viewers. <laughs> no, um, I didn't know what the hell I was gonna. T- I didn't know anything about myself. I was honestly, I was pretty miserable. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was like reeling from all these really big things in my life. Like my dad died from cancer, and that just put me through the ringer. Um, Where were you I can't living? The last. Where were you living at the time? When my. Oh my gosh, my it's all like yeah, jumbled. Like when, so when things were spiraling at their worst. At their worst. Hmm. Two times they were spiraling at their worst. <laughs> so I was living in Maine at the time, and my dad got diagnosed with cancer, and I had to like put it all down and then fly to Indiana, and things just like crashed. Boom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this happens a lot. People like always think that you just have this one moment in your life, um, and. That was like your worst. But what I find is like life is more like this. Mm -hmm. And so when you hit a bottom, you think that you can, oh, I'll make it through. And then you you kind of go down even further. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what happened to me. And I was living in Florida at the time. Um, And I just wasn't the person I wanted to be. And I didn't know where to start. Yeah. I honestly didn't know where to begin. Was this Um, like... So I just started from scratch. Mm. I just completely... Like gave up everything from my old life. I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Was I was gonna no? And... Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I think there's a just repeat. I'm gonna fix it later, but there is a little delay, so I'm trying to not step over you when I ask something. Mm-hmm. Um, but Can't hear you. I, uh, I mean, like, was this like a post high school blues thing, like private life, things not working out? Or was it post college? Were you not getting the job? Like. Was there, it's all, I know personally too, it's, it's very hard, even in hindsight to, you know, be able to look at what a specific cause might be for things to not be going right and to be like, you know, piling things onto yourself on top of a depression to make things worse. Like the, your father having cancer definitely is like a clear shifting point to where things maybe got worse, but like, you know, this chaotic part of you, was it, you know, post uh, an important relationship or 
maybe losing a significant, it sounded like you were, you know, well-educated, like you were hustling, but maybe just personally things weren't working out. What, 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 so what is your question? Like, where do you think, like, why do I think that I like, yeah, like hit when, that rock when, bottom? Like when things first started getting bad, like maybe before your dad had cancer, um, was there something like certain triggers or was it just a general overall low wave things just not working out? I think that a lot of people had um, have had a life that was worse than mine. Um, but I do believe that I had a very traumatic like childhood mm -hmm. and traumatic um, experiences. So a lot of my issues, especially coming to Germany is weird because I came from poverty. And when I mean poverty, I mean like real, like especially younger. Um, that has drastically like affected me throughout my life. Um, I left the house when I was 17 and I've been on my own ever since type of thing. And I think a lot of them were environmental triggers and I think a lot of them were getting through generational traumas. And I also want to make a note that no matter how bad things were for me, I knew that the people around me were trying their best, but sometimes you don't know how to do it healthily. Um, and I was just in a very, like, just difficult situation um, personally because I didn't have, like, a secure, grounded, well-rounded um, upbringing that was, you know, con consistent and secure. And I... I was very volatile all the time and I don't remember like not struggling. Um, uh, like I don't, it took me a really long time when I wasn't worried about like when I was going to eat and what I was going to eat and how I was going to pay my bills and not being able to go to the doctor, like really not being able to go and having permanent like damage because I went and was in a ski accident and I couldn't, you know, afford to go to the doctor. And I didn't have that support to be able to have somebody to, you know, help me out all the time and also combined with I was just trying to cling on and survive like the best I could I didn't know how to do it and so I just did what everybody else was doing and I thought I was doing the right thing and I throughout my 20s I found myself like thinking all right I'm gonna get through this I'm I just do what everybody else tells me to do and you're going to find this, work your corporate job, work 70, 80 hours um, a week, the American dream, and you'll be able to get all the things that you want. Um, and then along the way, I just found myself just more and more unhappy and unsatisfied. I felt very angry mm -hmm. at some of the things like my life and just like, I just felt, I was like an angry person in general. Um, and yeah. It, when the more you live your life how uh, you think other people want you to live it the more unhappy of a person you become and you get the sense of you don't even know who you are as a person anymore you don't know do I actually like this or have I just been doing this for so long that I think I like this and mm. <clears throat> yeah it got it got to the point where you know I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself at all. I had this like picture of my head of the person that I, I thought I would become and who I wanted to be like when I was, I don't know, younger, 17, 18. And I was nowhere near it. And I think the problem is, is you look 
on the outside and you say, I have all these things. I have a good job. I have a good career or I have, you know, this house or this apartment. Why am I so unhappy? Mm -hmm. And it's because you're not living like your truth to life. You, you don't even know who you are. And But people say that you just have to love yourself or you just have to do this. And it's one of those things where it's like, Easier said I didn't even done. know. Where, <laughs> I didn't know where, even where to begin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. That And people who give that advice often don't really understand the full story anyway. It's just more of a, yeah. maybe it's less of a just get better and, and more of a don't burden me with it. You know, like just yeah. oh, do mm. some exercise, <laughs> eat some greens. Come on. It's fine. Get over it. Yeah. Drink some water. <laughs> and then, yeah, drink some water. Have you had enough water yeah. today? Yeah. No, but you, okay. So then you, you hit this point where you needed things to change and where did you first start traveling to did you have a, a place in mind where you said i got i've never seen paris i've got to go there or something like that it all st here's the thing i wanted to go to thailand i wanted to do like a solo backpacking trip across the world and i wanted to end up in southeast asia and i just wanted i wanted to forget it all mm -hmm. i didn't want to have to worry about anything i didn't want like a time crunch or money crunch or nothing i just wanted to experience life <laughs> i wasn't like making any money i i feel grateful for the job i had because they were really um flexible for me when i was like quitting drinking and i was getting my life in order um but i was not making any money there so i had to think to myself okay this is what i want i finally just had this thing i was like okay i want to go to thailand it was on my bucket list why keep putting it off? This is what I'm going to do. How do I get there? And <clears throat> the only thing that I could think of is I have to make a lot of money. And so how do I make a lot of money? You go to a place where you can make a lot of money. <laughs> I'm all ears. So, which, is which is Alaska. So <laughs> You can make a lot of money in Alaska? And hospitality? Oh, yes, you can. Really? I never knew that. Yeah. I, yeah um, it's actually a really big tourist spot. And so I work there for two seasons. And I'm actually flying back for three weeks just to say hi and stuff oh, okay but okay. <laughs> it not to like move or anything but um game changer life changer it put a whole new perspective on my life i basically also just like cut myself off from society i was living in south florida where they're all about like um like no disrespect but a lot of things are about like your fancy flashy cars i was right side of outside of west palm peach and mm -hmm. plastic surgery and you know what i mean a lot I'm of sure. outside superficial things um and then i went into the middle of nowhere alaska where i didn't have running water or um wi-fi or internet connection where i lived wow. but i did in yeah into town um i worked two seasons there actually because the money was so good um and one season i lived in a school bus so it was like, oh my god yeah it's school bus in the middle of alaska and then i would just um ride my bike two miles into town and work at Ironically enough, a brewery, even though I don't drink anymore, I, <laughs> everything worked out fine. It was great. Um, really actually love the owners and the company there, but I ended up saving up like $10,000 because I didn't drink anymore. And I was just working all the time. And it's just loads of tourists that just come in off the cruise ships and the buses. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, clearly yeah, not, I, you know, clearly not paying for bills or anything like <laughs> living in a bus. I mean, it sounds horrible, yeah. but I mean, it. I guess, you know, in the end, it's probably the right thing because you got to put that oh money away. It wasn't even, well, the bus wasn't like my favorite experience. The first summer, it was amazing, though. Every It was fantastic to be completely cut off, which is ironic because I yeah. didn't really ha- have Instagram yeah. or anything until I came to Germany. Okay, so, wow. I wasn't even using social media. It was like, it was, like it was waiting for you. And then when you finally broke through, it was like, Vroom. it was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I can totally, I mean, I think a lot of people who are, are, who are heavy into whatever jobs or content they might do online can totally relate to the joy or the, the bliss of imagining being off the grid, being so isolated and on your own and in the moment and present. And, you know, I, it's almost like a, it's such a first world problem to be like, I wish that I could just spend a week without that. And I could if I had the strength. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really was doing it. I would, um, one of those things where I would just not have any plans. I would just work and then go down to the river and play my flute by the river or draw. Oh my God. I'm going to end this phone call paint. right now. Draw and paint, and there's so many musicians and artists there. It's just like this little uh, oh amazing little spot. You were an Alaskan <laughs> hippie. I was absolutely. You were a, living in a crystals. bus, living in yep, a bus, and... <laughs> playing flute by the river. Oh my yeah, god! I'm not even lying. You were this close to being like a kidnap story on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> that is facts, actually. Oh <laughs> I was like hitchhiking across the state. I mean, I was. Literally, like, left everything Good behind. Lord. <laughs> do you have any siblings? Um, yeah, I have. I do have, like, um, quite a bit of siblings. Um, quite a bit. Uh, wow. Well, I am, like, from a like a like a broken family, so a lot of them I wasn't raised with. So oh, I okay. have. Okay. Like, I'm over. I'm like 20. How old is my youngest brother? Oh my gosh. Anyway, we're like 20 years apart. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have like one, two, three half brothers and one half sister. Okay. Wow. Okay. No, I just wondered about all this, all this adventuring isolated in Alaska. If there was someone uh, maybe even around your age who was like, where, what are you doing, Brittany? Where, Brittany, where are you going? <laughs> Brittany. You know what? That is the one thing. So even when I was in the States, I was always traveling around in, in different States. And it's very common for either my friends or my family. If we were, you know, talking, they'd be like, where are you at now? <laughs> So it's pretty, I mean that's kind of cool in a way. It, it sets a precedent yeah. for like they know that you're 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 the traveler. This is the longest I've been in a place for sure. Yeah, I'm all, already gone. Usually, I'm like, bye, thanks, that's great. <laughs> well, when so you were doing all this stuff in Alaska, you saved up money, and then was your first trip like get me get me to to Thailand, or did all you go right, somewhere else? All right, so um, I flew to Maine to see my best friend of the whole world. Everybody needs to have one. Um, and then I flew directly into Paris. And I just did it because it was the cheapest ticket. It was just like a one-way ticket from Boston for like 99 bucks. And I just, that's how I got my my way through everything is I knew if I waited to save up money for um, the round trip ticket, I just wouldn't do it because it's, it's expensive in the end it's cheaper, but it, I was just one-way tickets all the way. So I just bought a one-way ticket to Paris and then I bought a one-way ticket to Spain and then, you know, and then I got to mm-hmm. Thailand. But on that First day in Paris, man. That first day in Paris. 
changed everything. Changed the whole trajectory of my life. What happened, Brittani? What happened on that first day in Paris, that fateful day? (laughs) That fateful day in Paris, I (laughs) arrived with a friend I was traveling with. We went to our hostel, and they didn't have a reservation. And we'd been traveling for so long, we were exhausted. It took us five hours just to get from, like, the airport to the hostel because everything was obviously French. And we were not very good travelers at the time, <laughs> so we just kept getting lost. But we were also like, we're in Paris, so this is fine. Um, <laughs> Baguette, but by croissant. The ta- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but by the time we got to the hostel, we were, like, over it. Um, they had They didn't have a reservation, and they only had one bed left. So I had to go outside and I just opened up Hostel World and looked at the closest app, um, the closest hostel near us and went in. Uh, later that night, we went down into the nightclub. Nice. And I had a nice alcohol-free beverage. Um, and that was where uh, my now husband was. On your very first, like, on my very in the first 48 hours of, of being yep. in Paris, yep. your first Europe trip and ever. I'm not, I'm a little, no. not my first trip. I went to Iceland, Ireland right after my dad died, but kind of. Okay. It was like kind of. That was like a precursor. But under, under, yeah, under these circumstances, like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things to where I'm not making this up. I, I will never forget this moment in my life. I was on the dance floor and I saw him. He's like had his like nice little suit on, like his little German hat, like the old school German hat. He's on his phone, and I looked at him and I was like, "Oh, that's trouble. I need to stay away from that." That's trouble. I, I was like, "I don't want anything to do with that. I'm by myself. I'm doing my own thing. I'm a solo female traveler. I'm not going to get distracted." And later, these legs are closed, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, but I'm not kidding you. Later, he came over to the dance floor. He grabbed me. He twirled me around, and then he dipped me. He is trouble. How? The hell am I? How that's you, not fair. How are you gonna turn like, that how, down? I mean, I know. But um, I did, by the way. Um, but he but got those digits, spend- though, right? He got those digits. <laughs> though. Come on. We ended up spending the next entire, well, the next half day in Paris. And we went to the Louvre and just like walked around and did that whole thing and went walked through the streets. And then he had to leave. Mm. Um, he had he had to leave that day, so we didn't even get a, like a full day together. Uh, and Crazy. on his on his way, he said, uh, "You should come see me in Germany." And I was like, "Sure." He's like, "No, promise me you'll come to Germany and visit me." And I said, "I promise." And so instead of going south, I went to I went north, and I was supposed to stay in Germany for three days. I stayed for two weeks. Oh wow! And then I left. And it was one of the hardest things I had to do. But I was like, ain't no man going to stop me from my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go to Thailand. (laughs) Thailand is where I'm going to find my real husband. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went to Thailand. Well, I really wanted to go because on my birthday was... You got to feel the dream. Well, it was the, you know, the Lantern Festival? Uh, they uh, like, yeah, with the, you light the, the little thing with the flame and it floats. And it's like millions of them in the air. It was on my birthday. Oh, that's that's awesome. It was extra special, uh, and so I did that whole thing. And well, like, you got, you can, you, you know, have to do that definitely. Traveled around, and then yeah, I mean, at the end of the trip, 
how did it work where you you finished what you, you you know you kind of checked thailand off your bucket list and you know you were still thinking uh, what, what's your husband's name sorry claudio claudio so you had like you had claudio on your mind and how was it working with like tourist visa you knew you probably have to go back to the states at some point but you want to go back to germany what did you do at that point after the thailand trip like after I came to Germany and decided that I was like going you, you to... Know, you stayed two weeks with Claudio, then you went to Thailand, you did your whole big trip there, and at the end of that, part of you is wanting to go back to Germany, I assume, right? Yeah, so it was. So how did it work? Did you go straight back there, or did you go back to the States first? Oh, I went straight back there. Okay, and how did... How did so you... And then you just moved, like, basically moved, started working on getting a visa there? Yeah. Okay. As, yes, and that's what that's what was really difficult because it was a big decision when I I was just like chilling in Thailand. Gotcha. And I had I had a a point where I was like either I'm going to go to Germany or I wasn't even going to go back to the states yet. I was just going to keep going on onward. I got you. Um, because I saved up all that money and that was the purpose. So I I'm like either I can go and try to start a life in Germany just to see. I always wanted to live in a different country, um, just to see what it would be like. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I made that choice and then, which was a really, really weird and difficult thing to do, like to just meet somebody and then being like, okay, I'm going to come back and we're going to see, see how this works. Um, and then I yeah, started applying for my visas when I came back. So what was the first, you know, like, let's say you're, you're living with, you're living, I guess, you know, with Claudio in his, in his apartment, you're in, mm-hmm. uh, what city are you in at the time? I was just in the village now. He grew up the in the same little village. village. Okay, wow. Yeah. So straight to it, yeah. not even to like a major city, but into a smaller no. village. What was the, you know, settling in, let's say you're there for two or three months, getting, you know, all the bureaucracy, you know, getting the engine running for that. What are some things, some behaviors and things that you start to see from the standard classic German around you, northern German around you that you started to think, well, maybe I should make a little video about that or I should note that for something maybe it'd be funny in a story I would write you know it took me a long time before I even thought of make thought about making videos and honestly um it was a really long time I w- at the time I really couldn't find too many videos out there about you know immigrants and life like life in Germany yeah there was one youtuber I can't remember her name and she still does does videos I feel bad that I don't remember her name give the, her a little is shout she out the, but the she- Vietnamese Woman? No, okay. no, I know her. Win uh, is her name. Wynn? She helped. Yeah, Ewan, uh, Ewan, and she, yeah, she, she actually helped me when. Yeah, she actually helped me when I first started making videos. I had some questions and stuff. Oh wow, that's um, great. Yeah, she's really. She jumped on a video call with me. It was super friendly and just really helpful. Like nowadays, I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't. I want. I want you to finish that story, but just anecdotally, like there's this little thing in my brain of all these creators who are expats in Germany making like. I would say we all have a very different take on things, but it's all, you know, expats making fun of Germans in a sense. <laughs> and I see these like tears. And I remember when I first started getting into it, I guess I started posting consistently during the pandemic. But before that, I was just watching TikTok and I saw Liam Carps, the British guy. Mm-hmm. I guess he's in Frankfurt. Yeah. I've, I've never had any yeah. I've never had any contact with him, but I was like, oh, my God. OK, mm-hmm. like whatever. Millions of people watching his stuff. And then I saw Uyen, Uyen, and I, I yeah. and both of them had such completely different, like from the British perspective, from the Vietnamese perspective, that it was so, yeah. uh, I was like, okay, this, so this is like what it could, like this is like the tier tier. And it was very quickly after watching them that it sprinkled into your videos. It went into, there's this like 
Um, Austrian Kiwi guy, Johnny, who lives in Austria. (laughs) Irish man in Germany, Lawrence. Um, Yeah. And then next week on the show, you might know Laura Ramoso. She's a comedian in Toronto, but she has really popular videos of impersonating her German mother. Um, oh my gosh yeah you might have seen her so <laughs> yeah, i had yeah. this like whole thing of like oh man wouldn't it be great to like finally get to meet these creators who you know also we i think sometimes we inspire each other but also just kind of we all Absolutely. connect on the thing of germany's kind of silly sometimes you know or like what we miss about <laughs> it's home, one of those you know? things <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where um i think it's really funny how that all works out because i mean when we hear when we talk about the word of culture shock a lot of people just think oh i was just really surprised about this thing when actually culture shock is an actual process of different stages of culture shocks and that is where like integration comes in at the end and how the things that i used to hate before or i would feel so uncomfortable because they're so different um are things that i actually do now and how you can absolutely hate something and then kind of find it kind of cute later or just enough to where you find it like amusing or maybe it still irritates you. It doesn't matter um, and how, how different that can be. And that's what I really like it because the reason why I created my video is honestly, I struggled so much when I moved to Germany. Um, I didn't move to a big city. I Everybody's like, don't worry. You don't have to worry about ev- all, all Germans speak English. And I couldn't know. Especially like in Hanover, maybe for for example, for example, in like Cologne or Berlin or something that that's more English. I believe that that's fine. Sure. But even in Hanover, I went to the train station where that's like the information desk one time, and the guy couldn't speak any English to me. That's crazy. It's the main train station and and Hanover. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you get that in Munich so I was too. Having... I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that speak English. I've definitely been lucky to get by, but. Um, there are, there's always positions like that where you expect, okay, now, of course, this person must, I'm not going to question the person running this department of whatever the train, for example, you know, will speak English and they just have no, like, no, got English. Can't yeah. English. And this thing is, as we all know that when you move to Germany, you need to learn German. We, that, for me, that is very clear. Sure. But what is frustrating is when everybody says that they speak English. And so, for example, if a tourist comes or when you first move here and you're like, oh, I know a little bit of German, I'll be. It's really frustrating when everybody says they speak English and, and it's not happening to you. And I just had this really weird or like strange experience living in a smaller, smaller area. And I didn't have like all those cl- clubs and groups that you can, you know, kind of get friends. And I just, honestly, I really struggled. I thought it was all a lot about like me personally. I was doing, I just felt like I was failing oh, because no. I, yeah. Cause I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I just, you know, when you have a feeling you're doing something wrong or you said something wrong or just something's off and you don't know what you did. It was just like a constant state of that being. Um, even though like the people in my village are like super sweet, but it's still, when you do something that's, different you're like what yeah what, what just happened <laughs> you know i feel like there's some, t- some universal german behaviors that it doesn't matter where you are like um i had the the luxury in the last few years of being able to for different jobs like travel to just about every single major city at least and sometimes you uh-huh. go through through smaller towns as well and one behavior that always kind of seems consistent is that like the ever-present staring like, I think we've all yeah. made some kind of video about the staring because it's just so 
I mean, it's just like so blatantly rude that it like it's almost slappable. Like, how can you be doing this? How are you doing this right now? And they don't even uh. it doesn't even register. Like for those who are listening who have never lived in Germany, it's I mean, it's just this like, how would you describe it? You're sitting on a train and maybe you have a wild looking shirt or maybe you look very normal. And it's just this, yeah. you know, usually an elderly person sitting maybe yep. nearby and just this like unblinking, unwavering stare at just staring into your eyes. <laughs> into your soul. Oh. Here's the thing. It used to drive me like absolutely crazy because I always had a negative for me personally. I don't know about anybody else. I just had like a negative, um, like a feeling about it for meaning. I thought they were just like judging me because mm -hmm. here's one thing they it's like no emotion there. There's nothing going on, you know? And so they're just staring into you. They're not like a smile to make you feel like, hey, everything's okay. And I, I later discovered, I think it's because Germans are so internalized that they would never say, well, unless you're breaking a rule, they would never say things. Um, out loud to you for like for example in the states like if i was on this train and i saw this girl and i really liked her outfit I, I would just be like hey that's a really cute outfit where did you get that hence the small talk hence also why people think that you know americans are superficial which i don't think is necessarily true <laughs> we're just a very externalized um too much to a degree we will literally just say anything that pops into our head and we'll immediately say it out loud in my opinion yeah <laughs> in my opinion. I notice it more and more oh. every time I visit home like even on the even on the plane back to the states there's plenty of Americans on there and they will just strike up conversations about something that my hat says and it's like what yeah I'm so not used it's, to that anymore it's a, an internal monologue that they just that we just immediately just spew out of our mouths I I enjoy it Germans are the of on the other hand so they have an internalized monologue so much so I think so so much Honestly, they're always like thinking and analyzing and like all this internally. Um, and that's what they're doing. And, you know, when you're like you, you're thinking so much and you kind of just like space out. Mm -hmm. Like oh, I yeah. do that. I think that's what Germans do. Honestly, it's the only explanation I have. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think they I think they don't get that it's coming off like a little hostile. You know, it's no. just like, yeah, like you said, maybe they're just noticing something they even enjoy, but they just keep it all in and they're just kind of losing track of how much time that they've been just staring. It was really difficult for me to adjust to that because I also was raised in the Midwest, which is like super like open and like, like not open, but like super friendly. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like always yeah. talkity, talk, talk, talk. Um, and I've heard, I mean, of course, I've only lived in the northern side of Germany, but even northern Germans are a lot different from like southern Germans, and they're even more so reserved. Um, and so there's, there is always two sides of the coin. For example, it was really hard for me because I just felt like they didn't really have very many emotions and they didn't talk very much. But it's also helpful, too, when you're learning German and you don't have to worry about holding a, mm -hmm. a really long conversation. You can just be like, hmm, hmm, yeah. No, claw. You know, like just. <laughs> oh, there we are. Okay, that scared me. <laughs> Lost the video for a second, but we're good. We saved it. Okay, <laughs> good. Um, 
But yeah, Anyways, no, to me, the, 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 the yeah. Bavarians and the uh, Northern Germans are completely different species almost. And I mean, did you have issues? Yeah. I, I don't know if you how much you traveled around in Germany, but any issues with dialect, like learning the language and realizing that no one speaks it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Honestly, honestly, right? I'll never forget. I'll... I've I've been to all 16 states. So like I traveled all around and especially like the little villages. Um, one of my biggest mistakes was the one and I think the only time I was overly confident in my German skills when I was first learning German. And I wanted to go to because I came here with zero skills. Right. I mm -hmm. wanted to go into the bathroom. We were traveling somewhere in the east and I was like, oh, I'll just go into the gas station and just ask them if they have the bathroom and where it's at. I'm at that stage where I can understand that. Yeah. That Saxon dialect is on a different level. Yeah. <laughs> I asked like Boas di Toilette and the I don't I don't even know what the words were that came out of this lady's mouth and I just like <laughs> and my husband knew oh, the little shit he knew he just had like the smile he's like yeah go ahead go ask for the toilet sure go ahead. and he's like way in the background like by the 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 automatic doors and he's like just arms she says crossed, it's around like... the corner <laughs> she says it's around the corner to the right I'm like okay <laughs> oh man that's so crazy. Uh, and I mean, like, I mean, they must have some fun with that, too, because they have to hear that even if we are speaking German, we obviously we have an accent or, you know, we say yeah. it a little slowly or it's just clear because it's Hochdeutsch that it's not uh -huh. regional or something. But they still they love no matter where they like, especially in the deep, deep south near the mountains. There's uh, this dialect that's really close to Swiss German. It's this oh. region called the, like Ooh. the Agoy. And it's it's mm. just borderline impossible it's the completely yeah. different words and it's uh yeah it's been a struggle <laughs> yeah when i went to when we went to switzerland that was also very difficult i would say that for me sex city um and the swiss german is the hardest for me mm. um i thought bavarian was like just the different regions of bavaria i thought that was difficult but now it's not so bad. Still Saxony, it's really hard for me to understand sure. what some of them are, are saying. Uh, but even within Germany itself, they're always like kind of mocking each other's accents too. I remember True. we went somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Bavaria and they looked at my husband and he, they're like, why don't you guys have an accent? <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was just so funny. Like, why do you, like, they purposely got rid of an accent. Like, why do you sound like that? This is so interesting. <laughs> this is a German talking to a German, you know? <laughs> do you, uh, yeah. <laughs> do you remember, um, like, your very first video that got some traction and what the topic was about? I do. It was my fourth video ever made. Um, and that's actually why I just kept making videos. Mm -hmm. um, it was all the things that I loved about Germany. Because... Um, I do really love love it so much here. And I was, it's one of those things, stereotypes are true and they're good. But um, at the time, that's all people were ever talking about. And um, it was, it's one of those things where uh, you got to find like the little things in life that makes you happy. And I was really miserable for a while when I came to Germany until I started really appreciating the, like the little things. I mean, once I started focusing on that, uh, my whole perspective kind of changed. And that was the first video that got traction. And so I had... I had like no followers on TikTok um, and my fourth video got like um, almost a million views. And what was, yeah. the, what was exactly the top again? 
topic? Just all the um, all the little things um, about Germany that I like. And oh, I see. Right. I just kind of like, yeah, introduced myself. And I was like, people always talk about like sausage and the Autobahn, but there's so much more to Germany. And Germany is waking up early on, you know, Sunday morning and getting fresh buns and like just like describing yeah. it. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. So like <laughs> I was like really describing it, how the smells and the tastes and the feelings of Germany and home. That's and, cool. Do you, have, um, do you have like a video that um, whether or not it did great or not that you personally love and that you, I don't know, have ever reposted or that you just cherish as like, that's what I think is like my thing. Oh, that is what I think is my thing. I feel like there's so many different aspects of like myself and my own personality that I confuse myself. And honestly, as a creator, it was really difficult because I... I uh, felt like I needed to put myself in a box. Like, I'm just going to make these videos about, like, funny little skits or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but also, also, I'm, like, a really ushy-gushy person at heart. And I like talking about, like, self-development and being, like, if you're struggling in life, like, you can do it type of things. Um, but I would say that there's different pieces of myself. One of my favorite videos, the one that I was talking to you about, is the ones about, like, finding little things and really enjoying them. Mm -hmm. Um and that but also i do really enjoy the ones that when i really took off is when i started doing like the skits with the two perspectives of either myself and a german or right. myself and my like german husband which isn't always like people think it's all of them are completely true but i'm like no it's satire it's like it's me having like to explain a situation um but i would say yeah Actually, I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> how has your how has your um, relationship with your audience changed? Because I, I mean, and I mean, this I'm going to put the links for your socials and your website in the show notes here for people to go check out themselves. But I mean, just just TikTok alone is a huge number of people. And how do you feel that your audience's relationship to you maybe has grown, or do you get do they give something back to you as well as what you give to them? You think? This is complicated. Welcome to podcast, like, baby. Right? <laughs> this is complicated. Here's the thing. I almost quit making videos multiple times because I couldn't take it. Um, okay. So I used to post really consistently. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if people have noticed, but like my, um, yeah, I don't post consistently anymore. I have to really focus on like my life and my health. And also I'm a teacher. Um, so I don't sure. post as consistently as I want, but I was posting for like six months, eight months, every single day, and I got burnout really quickly. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, but I get a lot of hate, a lot of hate, especially on TikTok, um, as being an American, a lot, uh, especially focused on my looks. Um, oh, I think but women. That's just disgusting I, internet shit, right? Yeah, and it's one of those things where um, it's really easy to be like, oh, just don't like read them and just don't, you know, do all this stuff. Yeah. That's easier said than done after when you get like thousands of comments yeah. telling you like you're fat or you're stupid or whatever. It like, it's really difficult, you yeah. know? Um, but this is TikTok. This is TikTok. And so for a long time I would just stop posting and then I'd come back because what's really tricky too, to be a good creator, you need to be constantly on these apps to know the trends, the trending sounds like good topics and to be like kind of just like present and also like that's a really hard balance however i will say that my instagram audience um has never really been like that they've been always like really supportive mm -hmm. um and like 
are just not so anonymous and therefore they have like more responsibility with like their words and things like that. And I feel like I'm a lot more like if you go on my stories, like this is like my everyday life. This is who I am. And so I feel a lot more of a connection with my um, Instagram people. Mm -hmm. And therefore I have like two different audiences when it comes to that. And so uh, people on Instagram has really brought a lot of value to my life because a lot of times we go through our life and being like, am I even, why am I even doing this? Is this like even helping anybody? And my main goal is I want to help people. Honestly, I want to make them laugh. Mm -hmm. I want to make them laugh. Sure. I want them so they don't feel alone. And also I want to give them tips because I do like travel vlogs and tips and like, I want to be helpful. You know, I want to make your life easier. Yeah. Um, And so whenever they reach out to me and talk to me and they say, hey, this, you and you inspired me to take my first trip. You inspired me to go to Germany. You really helped me a lot with like the language and your videos, even coming to the States. Uh, it literally just like, ah, uh, I can't even tell you. It just like, it's, it's the best, all I ever, it's the best it's feeling the best ever. Feeling. <laughs> and so that's why it's complicated. But you know, that's life. Not everything is going to be perfect and great. And, um, and it's really helped me a lot because I create a lot of boundaries. So when I'm like, whoa, I'm not in a good place mentally. I have a lot. Like right now, it's the end of school. So I have so much going on with sure. exams. I'm like, take a break. It's fine. And when you're ready and you're feeling inspired, yeah. we're artists. Like we are artists. Yeah, that's the thing. got to take breaks. I, You know, I, I met a, a really, uh, there's this, you've probably seen him before. He's so, he's been viral so many times, but there's this guy named Josh Harmon who plays um, like percussive sounds along to like TV and film clips in a corner. Uh-huh. He kind of replaces the sound in the show with, with what he makes with like sponges and water drops and brushes and stuff. And it's really, really well done. But he just recently moved to New Orleans uh, mm-hmm. from New York and when I visited New Orleans where I'm from uh, I visit there every year he was like hanging out with two good friends of mine I was like oh my god you're that I mean he's got I don't know how many millions on, on every platform he was on Jimmy Fallon for, for uh, oh my gosh like huge deal and so I met him and I was like wow you're in New Orleans okay are you doing a my first instinct was like well you're here doing a project for your content and he was uh-huh. like no I just I've been taking a break and uh, I don't know when I'm going to go back. I don't really care. Right now, I'm just having fun and I'm feeling good. And I was like, you can, yes. of course you can do that. Of course you can do yes. that. Yeah. And it just like, and then we just like made, made friends. And I think he's posted one video in the past, you know, two, two or three months since I met him. And I'm so happy that like, it's good for me to watch that and see that like, okay, his, his, his growth has not gone under what he stopped at. It's maybe even still just gone up. And uh-huh. he's comfortable and he's relaxed. And I know who he's hanging out with and they're really good people. So I know he's yeah. just like playing shows at the jazz clubs and like having some drinks or whatever and dancing and like maybe dating girls. And it just like, good for you, man. Like, of course you can take a break. Of course. And you honestly, as artists, we really need to do that because um, it's a really a difficult balance to always feel like I need to be producing something like over and over and over. I need to have all this output and we're focused on the output, yeah. uh, but we're not focused on our input. And it's all about that. And I would just get so burnt out where I'd be sitting and it's like, I would have, you know, like, what What am I, what am I going to, you know, make? I can't even think of anything. And it's because I'm not getting inspired. I'm not like going out and living life and eating food and right. being a part of the culture that inspires me. And so, yeah, I don't know. If I, any content creators are out there, make sure that you are focusing on the input, yeah. <laughs> not just the output. Focus on the input. That's a really nice message. 
Um, I really completely agree with you about this concept of having two very different audiences. Uh, like mm-hmm. my main, it's the same with you. I think main audiences are, are TikTok and Instagram. And although I, you know, I try to put things on Facebook and YouTube, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. It's really a completely different game. That with Facebook, I'm not willing to spend the time to learn it the same way that I did no. with the other two. And YouTube, yeah. I mean, until I can do something, uh, until I have the time or the capabilities or the or the lust, as the Germans say, to to do <laughs> yeah. longer form content, then for me, just putting up shorts is fine for now. I'm not so worried about it. Um, same. But it is completely different audiences, and I, I like same with you, Instagram. I very, very seldomly get any like really strongly negative comments. Um, I mean, sometimes you get. I mean, sometimes you get Germans who just disagree, or they. <laughs> I love like because now I now it's turned more, less from like the language into more of like kind of mocking behaviors, and uh-huh. I love that. I'll, sometimes I'll get Germans in the comments that just say like. Not to be the German here, but I don't get why this is funny. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, but that's what's funny about it. <laughs> yeah, which makes it just like even funnier. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you what your la- your German language level is? I had to pass my B one for visa, so that's where it's at for now. Are you kidding me? What? Not in a bad you- <laughs> way, because we're like at the same level, right? Like, I think I'm working on the, like my B two, like C one. I'm I have my B one. But you, your videos are so top tier when it comes to like your accent, your German accent. Oh, I, it cracks me. It cracks me up how so many of you, especially when they're like you're new. I'm like always in your shit, man. And because and, <laughs> I love it. Because I love it. Um, how they think you're German. Yes. That so happens every day. Every day there's some like I'll post a story about my radio show or about this podcast. And people will realize for the very first time that I'm, I'm, well, I still get, I still get DMs every day. Hey man, I can't quite figure it out. Like, are you American or are you German? <laughs> and yeah. I just don't answer them because if they can't take the time to look at my bio or just to like, get it, you know, like, come on yeah. guys, get it. Then yeah. I'll just leave the mystery oh. because it's more fun. <laughs> oh, it is. And I think it's fantastic. It's so good. I was just wondering about that, too, because also, you know, being here during the pandemic really set me back, like language wise, culture wise, because we we're just like all trapped in side. And I Definitely. couldn't like go out into the world and like practice my German or anything. And so people are like, how long have you been in Germany? I'm like, it doesn't count like normal years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Uh, I completely uh, agree with that. Definitely. No, I'm, I had to pass. Uh, I think I passed my B1. Oh, maybe almost two years ago, uh, but I've been pretty lazy about getting back into it. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're persevering onward. <laughs> well, I have ADHD, Jordan. So <laughs> I get hyper-focused on certain things like making content. And then I'm like, hmm, this is the most boring thing you can ever do. Um, my current new obsession is learning Korean. <laughs> so it's like... What? What? Yeah. So I like I have so many different languages I have to work on. I don't have notes for that. How do you do what? I'm just learning. I'm just learning. And it's one of those things where I like of course like I know Spanish as well. Not I'm not fluent, but just enough to get by. My family lives in Spain. And um oh, okay. so like on certain apps I'm like, okay, German is my main focus. Boop, 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 boop. And then a little Spanish. I'm comfortable and then I'm trying Korean and I'm like, can't even get the alphabet. Why why Korean? <laughs> what what drew you to I don't Korean? Know. 
uh, just like um, the what drew me. Or... The, the media movies, one of my students. Oh, I the love movies. my students. My students are literally the best. Um, like South Korean cinema things. is incredible right now. Seriously, it's so good. Yeah. Also kind of, it's more dramatic. And I do like German cinema because like when it's like dark, because they have like really good dark movies. And mm-hmm. like, I like their crime, but it's very German. It's very mm. German, yeah. <laughs> and so um, the Korean cinema <laughs> is just like so dramatic and, you know, it soothes my American heart. Um, and I got into that and then I just just immediately became obsessed. So my new thing is like Korean dishes and eating Korean and speaking Korean. We I don't know how long it's going to last. And what is your German, I always come back to it. What does your German <laughs> husband think about that? Oh, he finds it very amusing. He actually came into the living room yesterday and he was like, my new hyperfixation. Because <laughs> I was, I like bow to him or whatever because I am a really big nerd. <laughs> uh, so, I'm happy to hear yeah. it. <laughs> he, he, he just like rolls with it. It's always something new. But I have like a million hobbies. I'm not a master of too many things, but I know how to do a lot of the most random things like ukulele and stuff like that. I saw a video, "Hmm." I saw a TikTok once of a guy talking about literally this exact same behavior and he was making some sort of joke, sing songy thing about like, well, my new, you know, Lego Starship craft came in the mail that I'm not going to finish because I, (laughs) and then he had like a podcast studio he never set up, everything's still in the plastic, (laughs) you know, he had like a basketball goal he never unfolded. Literally. Oh my god! Literally, it's in my like. I have a, like a little box house. It's like the oh, like a little shed that they used to use as like the bakery for the village, and we have oh, it. Wow. And that's like my it's like my studio. And I was like, I'm gonna set this up like my podcast. I got this mic. <laughs> eventually, eventually, I, I get, get to it, it eventually. Yeah, You'll get whenever to I, it. you know. Um, oh gosh! I would I would just wrap up with a couple more things. Do you, uh, because your your followers are uh, such a good number? Like, have you? I guess you've probably been approached by by brands or by companies before to make videos uh-huh. with and for them. Who you know, if you feel comfortable talking about it, who have you? Who who do you choose to support with your work? Like, what kind of people do you say? Yeah, I'll do a video for you, or for example, uh, things that will actually enrich people's lives and actually like help people in like certain areas um and not something that is just like going to be like a consumeristic thing that they can just like fill that empty void in themselves so usually it's i get people that reach out to me it's not so much anymore um it comes in waves usually uh like the third quarter of the year that's when all the businesses will start reaching out and they need to get their whatever budgets filled and stuff like that and I hate health. Anything that's like health, oh, green smoothie, pill, ugh, you're not good enough. So <laughs> let's buy this product. I, I hate stuff like that. But for example, I work with a lot of language, um, obviously in my niche as well. But I, I, I work with a, like a lot of language companies mm-hmm. and also um, things that are like inspiring and things that are, for example, um, I actually don't work with many. And so this is one mm-hmm. of those things where it has just become like a. I want it to be like a business, but it's one of those things where I don't want to like be a part of, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, you, you have your life, you I have your happiness. Money? That can be something that if you like it and you have the time, you do it for fun. If it means, if it means something to you. Yeah. Well, I, this is technically my business. I have a business that's Brittany Elaine is my thing. Um, taxes and all the other stuff, content creation. But it's one of those things where it's I can't do it full time or mm-hmm. do it more because then I'd have to take on like brand deals that I don't align with. 
I've worked with like mm-hmm. a lot of like a, like a different companies, but they for me were always really helpful. Like I had a problem with sleeping, really bad insomnia. Um, and so I worked with a company that like worked with uh, like weighted blankets that actually have helped me and I actually use and I was able to get sleep. Sleep's important. Learning a language is so important. Being That's able awesome. to travel somewhere and like go and like achieve your dreams. That is also important. Like things that actually like help people. But yeah. I say no all the time. It's like usually just crap. And I'm like, no, you don't need to buy that. Save up money and go travel somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. I, I think, my, I mean, this that's all very new for me. Like, uh, there's only been a couple of, like, think we la- language again. apps. Hello, 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 hello. Ye- oh, sorry, yeah, we lagged again. Um, yeah, do you want me to say the ones that I work with, or? Uh, no, uh, well, you, you don't have to, but I was just saying, like, um, that that's, the reason I asked is because all that was new for me in the last, like, year or so, and language apps were the people that I found myself migrating towards most, like, working with or doing something uh, in, in collaboration with. Um, and there's this really great chocolate company that's their whole, like their whole goal is basically to create a supply chain from the consumer to the farmer that has no modern day, like cocoa farm slavery, which apparently is Uh extremely abundant and which I didn't Uh know. Um, so I did like a, a trip thing to one of their conferences and that was the weirdest thing to be doing like jokes about Germany, but then being asked to be a part of that. But thankfully, like you're saying, like, I really like what they do. It's good chocolate and they have a great, like a really great goal and a, something yeah. to support really well. So, um, yeah, I wondered how that was, uh, how you felt about that, how you worked with that. The th- yeah, that's the thing. Well, obviously, like you have a bigger like following and everything like that. But um, if you ever need help when it comes to any of those things. I had other creators that helped me before and I'm I'm also like really willing to help with like questions and th- stuff because you have to be really ca- careful as a creator. It can be really tricky, especially with contracts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to actually accepting like w- brands, I just say like, is this something that is going to bring value? Do I, does it align with me and does it bring value to other people's lives? And right. in a positive way. And of course, there's always like negative sides, obviously. But yeah, yeah, sure, I don't know. sure. If I like it personally, I'm like, this is me. I am my brand. This is me. So if I like this and I would buy this and this helps me, then I will promote it. Yeah. But eh, it depends. That sounds awesome. Your collaboration, that sounds incredible. I would do it too. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And I wanted to ask one more thing here just to, just to wrap it up. Um, now that you've lived in Germany this long and you've created such a life here and there's so many things that, you know, because I, I can connect with this too in the sense of certain foods or behaviors or societal differences that you've adapted to be your own. What are some maybe German foods or behaviors or norms for you now that if you had to leave, you knew, you know, you could never give up. That's something you'd never want to give up now that you've adopted it. So many. Uh, Let us begin. First (laughs) off, I had to sit outside in my garden with my Birkenstocks. Oh, yeah. Facts. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful day. Getting some fresh air. Love that. Um, also, Mag- Maggie. Maggie. Hands down. Maggie? L- what is- Maggie? What is life without it? Like, what is life without Maggie? What's Maggie? Or is it Maggie? Maggie? M-A-G-G-I. It's that little sauce that you put on eggs. Oh. Like, soft boiled eggs. But, dude, I just, like... It's, I don't know if it's the American in me, and I just like put I it on. The, I put it on my like a little dropper here on some paprika 
fresh cut paprika. Yeah. And maybe like a nice soft boiled egg with a little maggi on top. Uh, perfection. Couldn't oh, live without it. I saw one of uh, uh, Ewan's video with her, where her boyfriend did uh, yes. this. I didn't know what it was. Oh my gosh, go buy it now. It's so good. It's so good. Um, also, you can put it in like little Huxley Zupa, just like a little splash and some, you know, pea soup. So good. Ah, oh, okay. incredible. Couldn't live without it. Also, Sundays, I love my Sunday life in Germany. Um, I am like a achiever, uh, and so it gives me an excuse. I quiet Rutog, no noise. Get some fresh buns from the bakery. I couldn't oh, yes. live without buns. Man, the bakeries. Um, I could never live without the bakeries ever again. Like, it's, never. It's. I went to Maine in October, and I was like, oh, I forgot that this is what the bakeries are like. It's just... It's heartbreaking. I didn't realize like how how much it has um, affected me. And also, I go mm, a lot. Mm. Mm. Even with I'm, I want to know how many times I went. Mm. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's so uh. true. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I don't know how many times I do that. I found, and... I found myself when someone like when something accidental happens, you drop something or you bump into something. I found myself always saying like, oh, opala. I have been, is that a, like a southern thing? Maybe it's Opala? a Bavarian thing. Maybe. I, I've never heard of that. Oh, Opala. But, oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. I love it. That's so cute. Um, but I also notice, I don't, I think this would, this is just because I've been here so long, but I even carry bags like Germans do. You know how they have like the perfect posture and their arms are straight down? Oh, I saw your video on bags. that. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody understood what I was talking about. But I'm like, I swear to God, go out and look at how like Germans are like so perfectly erect and how they carry i'm carrying bags bags like that now um what else things do i do oh my etiquette when i eat i'm such a like a better eater now that i felt so weird going back home and oh, i was God, like yeah had my fork and my knife and i was eating everything and everybody was just like super relaxed and just eating with their fans and i was like you pigs you, you monsters <laughs> <laughs> there's actually so many things in my day, everyday life that I it's I'm so prepared yeah I mean it's great <laughs> but I'm, I, but also like no just live life Brittany you know I was, I was like you're a hippie in Alaska why are you making sure you have an umbrella and like <laughs> 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 you know I totally oh, yeah I remember sometimes I would like automatically do something that was like very like culturally German and then be like no don't do it <laughs> but not anymore now I embrace it I embrace the there change. was a little uh before I started doing this before I started doing this character there was a series I was doing for a little while that was like I've been Germanized another lag is it working now one two three one two yeah it's working now? Yeah, it's working okay. now. I was saying, like, before I started doing this um, German character guy, there was a little series that I was doing that was like, I've been Germanized. And it reminds me a lot of this, like, little things, like, yeah, like the the Birkenstocks and the, the like, these little, like, mm, like the, the the word behaviors and things like that. And there's a lot of things I take back with me when I, when I go to the States, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Nope. 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 Brittany, this has been so much fun. I'm, I really appreciate. I know you're a busy, busy lady, so I appreciate your time so much. And this was well, a, a really a great pleasure. Um, 
I'll put uh, everybody. I'll put her socials and her website in the show notes. Go check out Brittany Elaine TikTok, Instagram. Um, great content, great person. It's been so much fun. Thanks for being so open. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It was my pleasure. <laughs> of course, it's been a real blast. Um, let me go ahead. We can say bye now. I'll stop this recording and then we'll chat just a second uh, off mic here. So thanks everybody okay. for listening. <laughs> bye. Look out, baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now, baby blue. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.